the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. We're so glad you joined us, and we pray that you are strengthened and transformed by God's Word today. Are you ready? Let's get into the Word as we continue the teaching from our previous broadcast. Jesus said, whoever can be trusted with very little, it's the NIV, can also be trusted with very much. That's why, you know, I make sure... Um, I, I know this might get on your nerves. It's not a particular, well, it is, I'm a little peevish about it. But when I had nothing, I kept nothing clean. Um, I mean, I had the little, I, I mean, I had so many roaches in my apartment, but it was the cleanest apartment. And I, 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 I kept stuff. If I'm not faithful with little and I'm disorganized with nothing, what if God gave me all this responsibility I'm going to implode. So you say, well, I'll get it together when I get a lot more. No, get it together while you got little. You hear what I'm saying? Get your car washed. Get your shoes shine. Iron your clothes. Get the stains off your shirts. Jeremiah 12 and 5 says, if you have run with the footman, and they got you tired. They've wearied you. And if, if basic stuff like uh, serving a little bit, tithing, praying for folks every now and then. I mean, if that got you so exhausted, I don't know what to do. Then how are you going to contend with, 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 with horses? So, you know, if you can't run with men, how are you going to step into the, 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 the real battle. And basically what he's saying here, uh, the lesser challenges in life are designed to prepare you for the greater challenges. So what you do with the little when no one is watching is what preps you for what you do in public when everybody's watching and there's a whole lot on the line. And what scripture is saying is if you can't handle this, how are you going to handle that? No, really, if you're falling apart with that... How are you going to handle what God really has for you? You got to be faithful with the small things if God's going to give you the big stuff. Second Chronicles 1 and 1, well, 1 and 2. So Solomon is set. He's on the throne. He's established. He's showing himself strong. And Solomon spoke to all Israel. And then it outlines 
some of the special groups, to the captains of the thousands of the hundreds, so these are the leaders, and to the judges, and to every leader in all Israel, the heads of the father's houses. What I want you to see is Solomon became strong, but then he used his authority to lead others to worship. How do you use the authority God has given you? God has given you a handful of relationships. How do you use the authority given you in friendship? Do you use it to lead people toward Christ? Or do you just kind of lead that out and it's all about the, you know, the giggle and all the rest? Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, Solomon used his authority. And I'm talking to parents. Parents, please use your, don't abuse it, but use your authority. There are some things you can only say to your kids at certain ages. They're not going to hear it the same way at other ages. Don't miss your moment. Speak up or it won't be said. So Solomon uses his authority and he speaks to all the heads. And, and, he, and basically he's about to, to say to everybody, I want you all to come to church with me. It said, then Solomon, all the assembly with him, went to the high places. So again, he spoke to, to, to all the leaders and they went with him to the high places that was at Gibeon, for the tabernacle of the meeting of God was there, uh, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, uh, made in the, the wilderness. Again, everyone went to church with Solomon because he said so. If you would just lead, you might be surprised who might follow. But you have to open your mouth and say, so skip to verse 6. And Solomon went up to the bronze altar before the Lord, which was at the tabernacle of meeting, and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. So this was a sight to behold. It was a bloody mess. I mean, uh, animals all over the place. Uh, blood was, was everywhere. But Solomon set the example um, uh, of this type of sacrifice and worship that uh, God wanted. And this is important. Leaders set the tone for their teams, just like teachers set the tone for their classes. And parents, you set the tone for your homes. The most powerful leadership tool is not a title, but your own personal example. You say, Bishop, I didn't come to be abused. I'm not trying to abuse you. I'm trying to help you. Tonight, what I'm saying is if you don't use your authority, the devil's going to use it against you. If you don't say anything, your kids are going to think it's okay. You hear what I'm saying? Say something when you see something. And then verse 7, on that night, now this is important. Let's not miss what we just read. This only happened when he got to the 1,000, the 1,000th burnt offerings. But how many of us give up at 997? 998. Lord, I did it so many times. This ain't working. It's never going to. 998. But on 1,000, I don't know the number. I don't know exactly what God's looking for in your heart. But finally, when he got to the number or the place God wanted Solomon to be, God appeared to Solomon. This extraordinary sacrifice resulted in an extraordinary response from God. 
And if you want an extraordinary response from God, it may require an extraordinary sacrifice. When God wants something for you, I'm going to say it again differently. God typically asks something from you. Okay, this side of the room. When God wants something for you, he typically asks something from you. Remember the widow woman? She was hungry. So God asked her for something in the area of her need. And then when it was gotten from her, God had some things for her. Do do you get what I'm, I'm, let me say, when God wants something for you, he typically asks something from you. So whenever God asks me for something, I've learned in my old age, God must be trying to do something or get me something. Do you hear what I'm saying? The challenge is some of us haven't walked with the Lord long enough, so it's really hard at first. But I tell you, walk with him, whatever he asks you is because he's trying to get back to you 30, 60, 100 times over. You hear what I'm saying? If you got to walk away from a friendship, it's because God got a new friend he's trying to get to you, and that person's taking up space and time and place in your heart. So if he asks you for something, he's trying to get something not from you, but ultimately to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You got to think differently. You got to renew your mind when God asks you for something. He's a good God. He's not trying to punish you or hurt you. On that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask what shall I give you? And when you release what, God, what you have in your hand, God, what release what's in his hand? And Solomon said, said to God, you, you have shown great mercy to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. Now, this is important because Solomon was young and he, he was still humble in heart. He had some problems as he got older. But Solomon rightly recognized that it was God's goodness and mercy that got him where he was. It wasn't because of his merits. It was because of his father. Solomon was in his position because of David. Just like we are in our position as kings and priests under God because of the promised son of David, Jesus. I'm not where I am because I'm great. I'm where I am because Christ was great. Solomon was not where he was because he was great, but because his daddy was great. You understand what I'm saying? Now, O Lord, let your promise to David, my father, be established, for you have made me king over people that, you know, like the dust of the earth and multi, I mean, there's just so many of them. But what I want you to see here is Solomon's main aspiration was for God's word to be fulfilled in his life and in the earth. And when your motivation is God's honor and God's glory, God will take you to the next level just like he did Solomon. Verse 10. So he says, listen. God, here's the thing I ask. God appears to him and says, basically, write a blank check. Okay, for uh, the alpha generation, a check is a piece of paper <laughs> that you use in place of money. You signed your name. And God basically gave Solomon a check and said, fill it in with what you, you want. And watch his response. He said, Lord, give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go in and out before this people. For who can judge this great people of yours? So, I mean, you see the humility of his heart. God is your people. And I mean, who is up to this task? 
And, you know, there are a lot of critics, a lot of theologians say, well, you know, Solomon, this is the beginning of his fall. He should have asked for something deeper like communion and fellowship. Um, you know, a little bit like Moses said, you know, I want to uh, see your face and that type of thing uh, instead of wisdom. But, but all God was looking for was, was, was a leader or a person that would put the needs of the people before his own. And the big point I want to make here is God is not as hard to please as many of us think or sometimes make it. And Benjamin Franklin said this. I believe he was the first. I couldn't find out who it was, so for sure. So I didn't put a name there. But but the statement goes like this. Anyone, any person all wrapped in him or herself makes a pretty small package. You know, some things are just bigger than you. And Solomon understood that. And um, he was willing to, to recognize that. And, and when, when he responded with such a heart, then God said to Solomon, and 1 Kings 3.10 tells us something that we don't see here. It says that Solomon's response actually pleased the Lord. So what Solomon says, even though the theologians might criticize him, what he said pleased the Lord. And really, that's all that matters. You know, if it pleases God, it might not please everybody else. That's all that matters. But watch God's response. Just pay attention here. Because this was in your heart. The issue was not the request as much as the heart behind the request don't worry so much about the right words worry about a right heart you know my my wife i'm not picking on you honey you're there either um but you know english is not her second language it's like her third language she learned german before she learned english and then after she learned english you might have learned some french she could talk a whole bunch of stuff (laughs) but my wife may not always have the exact words but her words are not why I fell in love with her it's her heart yeah and and we can focus on trying to get the formula the prayer just right I said it just right and my tone was just right and and all that and miss the heart. Because Solomon, this was in your heart. And you've not asked for riches and wealth or wealth, honor or the life of your enemies, nor asked for long life. But have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. And because of that wisdom and knowledge, Solomon, I are granted to you. Sometimes, watch this, what you're not asking for is as important as what you are asking for. And as I prepared for Bible study tonight, I felt the Lord was saying in my heart was simply that he wants us to return to simplicity. Sometimes we get too deep for our own good. Matthew 6 and um, uh, 8 says, Jesus speaking, he says, stop being like the Gentiles. They talk too much. That's basically what he says. I mean, they just multiply words, repetition. They just talk too much. Your father knows the thing you need before you even ask. 
him. And sometimes we feel that we got to get it all said because God's not really watching for us. He's there to criticize, and only when you get the prayer just right, then I'll answer. That's not the heart of God. God knows what you need before you ask, and he's just looking for an opportunity to get it to you. And then he says this, that this is the important piece. He said, I'm going to give you the wisdom and the knowledge you asked for because you're more concerned about leading my people rightly than, you know, all your petty grievances about the people that talk about you did wrong to you and what happened to you when you were a child and all that. On top of what you asked, the wisdom and knowledge, I'm going to give you what you didn't ask for. I will give you riches, wealth, and honor. Now, listen, it's not wrong to ask for things. That, that The problem is when we make second things first. If you only have one request from God, and that request is kill my enemies, and this, that, it's like you have not made first things first. Your heart is not right in the matter. Do you hear what I'm saying? But when you say, Lord, listen, here's my assignment, Lord. I need you to quit me for that assignment. Basically saying, Lord, your, your, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done at, you know, on earth as it is. You're saying, Lord, my priority is me fulfilling your will on earth. That's a prayer that will always get answered. But we got to get back to a right heart. We want all these other things first. And then kind of squeeze God in at the end. He said, on top of the wisdom and knowledge, I will give you riches. Because it wasn't the priority. Now, it mattered to Solomon because it blessed him when God gave him those things. But it wasn't the top thing, wealth and honor. Here's what I know, and I've said this before on Sundays. If it's a priority, you'll find a way. If it's not, you'll find an excuse. Jesus said it best. Matthew 6 and 33, then one more verse and we're going to wrap. But seek first the kingdom of God. Now here's the issue. A lot of folks seek the kingdom, but it's not first. It's Lord, if you answer all these prayers, I'll keep worshiping you. God, if, if the temperature's just right and I feel, you know, really, really good, I'll get in my car and I'll make that drive. Lord, if I, I don't have a headache, you know, I'll live stream. But seek first. We got to get back to simple. Let me read it. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's, I mean, that could take a half hour, but I don't go to God in my own righteousness, talking about how wonderful I am. I go based on his rights. I pray in Jesus' name. Remembering, you know, in myself, Lord, I'm, I'm nothing. But, Lord, I, I come here to put you first. And, and I know in myself I can't do this big thing you've called me to do. And when you come to God with that attitude, just like what happened with Solomon, and all these other things, and the context here was the blessings the Gentile was seeking, the clothes and the food and, and, and all the natural things. And all these things shall be what? added to you. I said, I've proved this for over 40 years. Well, almost 40 years. I'm getting making myself older than I am. If you put God first, he'll take care of second and third. 
I mean, God has given me more of a, and I'm, I'm sorry to keep talking, but God's given me more of a woman than, than I deserve in life. But as much as I love her, I'll never put her first. That's what keeps us safe. That's what keeps uh, God in our lives. As much as she loves me, she better not ever put some joker first before her Savior who died for her, bled on a cross, hung his head, died, got up on the third day, called her by name. You see, if you put him first, second and third, God will take care of but you're like, Lord, you take care of this. I'll worship you. I won't be so angry. I won't be so bitter. God said, no, put me first. That's why Joe said, though, you slay me. Yeah, well, I will worship you. Because God was first. Acts 2 and 46, and I'm done hurting you for the evening. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, this is what the church did. And ate their food, watch this, with gladness and simplicity of heart. Life was simple for them. All they did was put God first and live with glad hearts. I mean, the television programs we watch and, and, and the, the stuff we, we listen to just makes stuff so complicated. So complicated. We're always, it's just so complicated. Happiness is so complicated. And, and joy is so complicated. And just living life is so complicated. You've got to sort out everything that happened to you as a child. Everything that happened to you yesterday. Everything that, that, that somebody did to you, you know, you know uh, a couple hours ago. And, 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 you know, life is simple. When it all boils down to it, love the Lord thy God with all the heart, mind, soul, strength. All that means is put God first. And then after you put God first, love some folks. It's not that deep. I mean, when is the rapture? Okay, okay, you know, that, that matters and everything. But really, matter of fact, some things, God's like, I'm really comfortable that you don't know the, the exact day. Because y'all would mess it up so bad. What I know is hard enough. And what's clear is hard enough to start messing around what's not clear. If I just put God first, there'll be simplicity and gladness of heart. But we got so deep and so sophisticated that we're miserable and unhappy. The kingdom is really simple. Just put God first. And everything that's second and third will fall into place. And all God is saying to us tonight is through this simple Bible study, come back to simplicity. It's not the ten things, but what's the one thing I've been asking you to do? And usually if you go to God, God, what's, what's the thing between us? It's not 17 things. It's one thing. He said, Martha, one thing is needed. Yeah. God's not as difficult as you make him. He's not asking you to walk on glass. Just saying, you know, maybe bite your tongue a little bit. Or go, go do this. Or go bless that. You know, person, I don't know. Forgive your spouse. I don't know what it is. It's not 17. It's just a couple things. God is saying, if you just put me first. Stop trying to do everything else instead of. And you keep getting the same. It's not working. That thing that God's asking you to do. And right now, we're going to bow our heads just for a moment. This is the application of our message. What is that thing God's telling you to do? 
It's not 16. It's not seven. He might give you two things, but very seldom is a whole lot of things. What's that one thing that's blocking you? And also know he usually asks you for something in the area he wants to bless you. He wants to bless you with a relationship. He wants you to, to, to give him something as it relates to relationships. If you need finances, resources, he wants you to give some as it relates to that area. You know, if, 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 it's, if it's, you have issues with condemnation, he wants you to show forgiveness to others so he can release you from the mess in your head. What is God asking you for? As the worship team comes, let it go. It doesn't take a long time. It's just a little adjustment in my heart. You know, I've repented with tears many times, but I've also repented just like that. I just said, you know what, Lord, I'm going to do what you said. And it went just like that. And that change just opened the door. Everything shifted. I didn't even feel anything. I just made a decision to do what God said. So right now, some of you, you, may, you might feel it. Others just make a decision. I'm going to love that woman. I'm going to love that man. I'm going to love that child. I'm going to forgive that person. I'm going I'm to give. You know what? I'm going to surrender to the call on my life. God told me to start a business. He told me to write a book. I'm going to do it. He, he, he told me to, to, to work in a children's department. I'm going to do it. He, you know, what is it? It's, not, it's the little foxes often. What is it? Just do it. And you will step into the blessing of the Lord. This has been Live Big with Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.